the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. This is the Hot Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I'm 12 years old. Coming up on Hot Kids today, I'm going to be talking to Dennis Reebok. He is a podiatrist. I will be speaking to him for a little while. Also on the show, I'll have the Tongue Twister Challenge to to challenge your mouth. Sure, that's a tongue twist in itself. And you'll be able to win a prize from Kid in the Code. Here are the details. If you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say hi, the SMS number is 34519 and charged at 150. 150. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please sign your name so I can give you a free shout-out on air. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Get ready for an interesting show on Car Kids today. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is the Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I'm 12 years old. I have Dennis Reebok in studio with me and he is a podiatrist. So send your questions in to 34519 or WhatsApp me on 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, how are you? Very well, thanks and you, Jacob. Good, thank you. So uh, firstly, what is a podiatrist? All right, a podiatrist is basically a healthcare professional that deals with the, the, the diagnosis and treatment of foot and foot-related problems. Hmm. You know, like when you go to the dentist when your teeth are a problem, you should go to the podiatrist when your feet are the problem. And then we would look at them and, and, and help you and treat you. Please, can you give a bit of a background about yourself? All right. Uh, I've been in the profession a long time, long before you were born. <clears throat> I started studying in 1977 oh. when the first course of podiatry in South Africa started. So I was one of the first students. So I'm, I'm like a pioneer in podiatry. And then we did a four-year course, and then I came out. And then from when I qualified in 1980, in 1981, I started practice, and then I started lecturing part-time. So I really have two jobs. So I, you're a lecturer and a podiatrist? Yes, I'm a part-time lecturer, and then I have my own practice as well. A lecturer at what university? Uh, at the moment, it's at the University of Johannesburg. Nice, okay. Um, so what inspired you to get into this thing? All right, it was interesting because when I found out about it, there'd never been a course in this country, so I thought... This sounds interesting because nobody's ever studied podiatry in South Africa. You had to go to England or Europe or those kind of places. So I thought, well, I came out of the army. I had nothing much to do, really. And this was something interesting because it was so new. And I'm still very proud that I was one of the first on the course. And every day I enjoy my profession, what I do for people. Uh, so that's, that's, that's what inspired me. I found out something new and I had to do this because there was nobody else around. Well, you think, I think that's actually really important because like a lot of the time people do their jobs for the money and that's not what it's about. I think it's important that you love what you do. Well, there's two things. I mean, one, you do work for money. But the other half is we, we work to help people, to cure people's foot problems. To, you know, so the two are, are both important, but obviously helping people is far more important. Right. So um, were you part of bringing it into this country or was it already here when you started studying? No. When I found out about it, the course was starting. So I had nothing to do with it starting up in this country. It was some of the old practitioners in Johannesburg who studied elsewhere wanted a course in this country, and they they brought it in. So I was just happened to be at the right place, the right time, to then get onto the course as a pioneer, as as we call it. Okay, that's very good. 
right? So you were at the right place at the right time, but then where was it? Like, where was the right place? All right, okay. This was in, in, in literally downtown Johannesburg, somewhere where you wouldn't go now because, you know, Johannesburg has changed. But we started studying at the at what was called the Witwatersrand College for Advanced Technical Education, a very old institution near the station in the bottom of Johannesburg. Witz. Uh, well, not Witz, no. You know, there's Witz University. This was the Witz College. It then changed name to the Technicon and changed name to the University of Johannesburg. But now we're just right here in Dornfontein, our campus. So really not far from where we are here is where we study podiatry. Right. So that's where you start studying podiatry. But what exactly do you study when you're... Right. Yes. Well, basically we study feet and foot-related problems. So we, we study all about feet, how to examine feet, how feet should normally work, how feet who are not normal work so that we can we can uh, help the person if they have a problem. We examine all the diseases and conditions that affect the feet so that we, when we see that, we know exactly how to treat that person to make them better if that's possible. Because there are some conditions that we can't cure, but there are lots that we can for the feet. So it's very important we have a wide spectrum of what we study. Not just feet, but general medicine as well. But how do you study feet if you don't actually do it on people straight away? Okay, we do. We, it's a four-year course. And then by the second year, you start to work on patients for your second year part of it and your third and your fourth. In first year, we do study on each other. So the students would work on each other or examine each other's feet. And, and that's where they would learn from. So the whole time we, we, we involved with feet, seeing them, touching them, examining them, treating them. Mm, so is there like specializations within podiatry or is it just as a general thing? No, there is specialization. And do you specialize? I do, yes. I'm a sports podiatrist. So I treat sport and sport-related foot and leg injuries. That's my forte, although I will see anybody with a foot problem. So it's not just sport, but that's my interest area. Uh, some people would treat people with, with arthritis of their feet. Some would treat children with children's problems. Some would treat diabetics with diabetic foot problems. Um, all kinds of, 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 of sort of subspecialities of podiatry. So what sort of challenges do you face when you work as a sports podiatrist? Oh, the challenges are great and they're there every day because every person is different. Every person has a different problem. And, and the challenges are to, to focus on their problems and to listen to them and then examine them and then come up with a treatment protocol, which means we're going to then know exactly how to treat them. And the challenges are sometimes we're not 100% sure what is exactly wrong with them. So it does take time to then send maybe for x-rays or blood tests and to, to help us in our diagnostic process. But every day is just a challenge. It's just every person's different. Mm, I assume it's very hard to, like, if you can't cure someone, to tell them that. But how would you go about it? Well, yeah, one has to be honest. So if they have a problem and there's just no cure for it, probably we could still treat them and make them more comfortable and, and make them feel better. But to cure uh, things are not always possible. But we just we just have to tell them in a nice way, not blatantly shout out your feet are going to fall off or something like that. But just tell them nicely that, look, you've got this problem and we educate them about it and that this is what we can do, but we can't cure you. Completely. Completely, yes. Right. 
So uh, what is the difference between an orthopedic physician and a podiatrist? Yeah, they're quite different. Okay, orthopedic physician or what we would call an orthopedic surgeon in South Africa is somebody who studies medicine for six years and then specializes in orthopedics. Now, we don't follow the the classic medical training in this country. So we do a straight four-year course into podiatry. So it's just, it's a different university, it's a different way of doing it. So we straight into feed for four years. They do medicine and then uh, would specialize into orthopedics, dermatology or rheumatology or all those kind of different specialities of medicine. We're not speciality of medicine. We are our own speciality as such. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Good. Uh, so how do you treat injuries? Oh, yeah, look, there's many, many injuries that feet and legs, because they're obviously connected to the feet, can get from running, from just normal activity, from playing any kind of sport, you know, soccer, whatever it is. So there are many, many injuries. And the most important feature about treating an injury is to find the cause of the injury. And treat the cause. So we don't just give you some medicine and, and, and stuff like that. We would try and identify what's caused it. And if we remove that cause, then it'll go away, along with treatment like physio and medicine and that type of stuff. So the important thing, and we drum this into our students, look for the cause. Find the cause and treat that, and the rest is all easy. Okay, yeah. So you obviously look for the roots of something before you deal with the actual thing. Correct. That's correct. It's coming from somewhere. So we need to go back there and then stop where it's coming from. Um, so what sort of sports have you, sports injuries have you dealt with? Okay. We deal with almost every sport. Maybe not swimming, because swimming you don't really hurt your feet when you swim. You might get a bit of an athlete's foot from the swimming pool in the water, but it's more the weight-bearing sports. And what that is is where people are on their feet, like runners, squash players, tennis players, to a certain extent cyclists, anybody who's running on their feet, playing sport on their feet, on their feet a lot, they could get injured because of just doing too much sport or because there's something wrong with the way their feet are working. And then we would obviously treat them for that, which I think we do. We talk about that later. So what about like ice hockey? Because then they're not necessarily like on the actual feet because you've got the skates. That's correct, yes. Now, look, in this country, we don't see a lot of ice hockey players or skating people because it's not something that's very big. We're big into long-distance running and football and those kind of sports. So an ice hockey player is in a boot that's very stiff. So the foot in a sense, it's just been held in there, but it's not working much. It's not doing much. So they very have less injuries, which is a good thing, you know? Look, they hurt themselves elsewhere, but not their feet. Uh, so how would you treat, do you treat like toenails and that type of stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah, look, everybody, if you look at my models here, I've got some lovely foot models. I know people can't see it, but for you and I, most people have got 10 toenails, five on each foot. So toenails are basically it's a piece of hard skin on the top of your toe for protection. It's very much like the material your hair is made from called keratin. Okay, so it's there for protection. And we, you know, if we didn't have one or two, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But they do do a, a function. And nails are very prone to all kinds of, of conditions and infections and stuff like that. So we see lots and lots of toenail injuries. What about ingrown toenails? Yes, the simplest, the simplest one is ingrown nails, where on the corner of the nail it digs in and then it hurts and then it gets infected and then it bleeds. So it's quite unpleasant. Okay, but there's lots of others like fungus of a nail, 
where fungal uh, fungal infection gets under the nail or like blood under a nail where you've dropped something on your toe and you've got a, 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 a blue nail where there's blood under there. So there's lots and lots of, 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 of conditions and diseases of nails and we need to know each of those diseases and what we do for them. Is it expensive to treat these type of like funguses and that yes, type of thing? Yes, it is. Look, fungus, I mean, it's, it's, it's like there's, there's fungal germs under the nail and because it's under the nail... You can't get to them very easily with solutions or with cream. So what you sometimes have to do is, uh, is prescribe some high-powered medication. So it's three months of taking tablets every day for a fungus, and that's where those kind of things are quite expensive. Laser therapy for the a fungal nail is quite expensive. So, yes, there is expense. In uh, others, there's very small procedures we do, like for ingrown nails, and are not that expensive, and they cure your nail once and for all without taking the whole nail off. We resist taking the nail off because you don't need to. So how do you cure it? We take a piece of the nail off down the side. So Okay, let's go back. We first put a little bit of local anesthetic in the toe. Local is what you have when you go to the dentist for your teeth. So what happens, the toe goes numb. I then cut a piece down the side of the nail because you can't feel it. Cut that piece, take it out, and then I put a chemical on that area to kill it so it doesn't come back. So your nail is still there except the piece I've taken out and killed. So you won't ever get an ingrown toenail? No, there's a 95% chance it won't come back. Because, um, so You've got one. My, oh, I've had quite a few. Yes. My brother's fiancé uh, studies medicine. Yes. And so he like uses a nail kit to like take it out, but then it just grows back. Yes. So okay, I'm so wondering how to deal with that. Right, that's one way is to trim the corner out. But it's going to come back. What we do is we cut that little piece away and kill the bed or the matrix so it doesn't come back. Which means you're going to have a nail, but it's a little narrower, but it's cured. Okay, so okay, that so, makes a lot more sense. So when you're ready, you come to me and we'll sort it out. See? Okay, thanks. <laughs> what do you do for uh, skin treatment on the foot? Right. Now, look, obviously our body's covered with skin and so is our feet. But interesting, our feet has very specialized skin. The skin underneath the foot is a thicker, stronger skin for us to walk on. And so is the fatty pad under the foot. So it's very specialized. It's not the same as the skin on our arms and our backs and all that type of thing. Now, skin can also get lots and lots of uh, conditions. And the biggest common one is a corn or a callus, which means the skin is thickened because there's pressure or friction, and that forms these lesions called corns and calluses. Um, what are they? Okay, it's thick skin. So the skin is protecting itself by, la- by getting thicker. But as it gets thicker, then it becomes painful and unpleasant. So what we do is we take a scalpel and we just trim that dead skin away. It's not sore because, remember, it's dead skin with no nerves. We trim it away, makes it more comfortable, and then we treat that every now and again like that. Okay, so is there any way you can prevent this from happening again? Like- yes. Remember what I said, going to look for the root, as you called it. If we go back to the root cause in terms of the pressure or the shoe pressure or the friction, if we remove that from the equation, then the skin won't thicken again. So what, well, what sort of shoes do you recommend that don't cause this then? All right. Well, obviously our foot is a certain shape. And we need to have shoes, and here's a sample of a running shoe, that is wide enough for our feet long enough for our feet and deep enough so that when your foot is in that shoe, the shoe's not pressing on any specific spot or part of your foot. 
And now us men, we're lucky because most of our shoes are wide and fat and comfortable and ugly. Ladies often like to wear very pretty shoes and pointy shoes and high shoes. And that is very, very pretty. But the pressure, the damage causes these corns and calluses and mm. ingrown nails and, like and the, things like that. My older sister always complains that, uh, well, used to, that her, her feet hurt. But now she's got like, different shoes and they don't as much. You see, she's learned now that to be comfortable you need nicer, wider, more comfortable shoes. Mm. Um, so then what sort of tools do you need to do podiatry? Okay, when we start practicing our podiatry in second year, when you're a student, you get a kit of, of tools, what we call instruments, that you're going to use on patients. Now, in practice, obviously, we've got many sets of those because they get sterilized and that. So these instruments would be things like nail cutters where they made special instruments to cut nails, and they're not the one that you get from, from the local uh, store. You know, the normal ones, these are highly specialized ones because they, they're the best quality and stuff like that. So nail cutters, we get instruments that we use to probe down the side of a nail to go and look for that ingrown nail. We get instruments where we put a blade on or scalpel handle, we put a blade on to cut those corns and calluses. So we get this whole uh, set of instruments, and some of them are, are like dental instruments. But we can use them as well for filing down nails and that. Also, we have highly specialized instruments such as nail drills. The nail is very thick, such as computerized gait analysis systems for looking how people walk. So there, there's, there's lots and lots of different equipment that we use. Uh, depends on what's wrong with the patient. Okay, so there's, depending on what the patient's problem is, you use different tools. Absolutely, yes. Right, so I think it's time we take a song. Um, if you don't mind. Sure. Great, thanks. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. So now let's carry on with our questions. Uh, as I was saying, uh, we were talking about tools, was that correct? That's correct, yes, and instruments and machines that we use. Okay, so where exactly do you work from? All right, uh, where do I work from? Well, do, you, do podiatrists like work in a hospital? Oh, where okay. do you, how does it work? Uh, some... Some do work in a hospital, and, and the main ones that do are students that have been given funding to study, then they have to work in hospitals to pay back their funding of studies. Most podi other podiatrists would be in private practice, where you go and you open your own practice, wherever is comfortable for you, and you would then work from your own private practice. So that's the main two. I'm in academics as well because I'm a part-time lecturer, but there's not a lot of posts in academia for people to go and work there because there's only one course in South Africa and in Africa. That's our course over here. In, in Africa? Canada. The whole of Africa. Gee. One podiatry course and that's us. So everybody from like all over Africa has to come down? Yes. Look, some of the northern African countries, the people go to Britain and places oh, like yeah, that. that makes more sense and to then, go up. Yeah, the more the southern Africa, they come down to us to study. And then when we finish, we send them back to their country to open practices there. Oh, so there are practices around Africa, but there's only one study place. Yes, one study place. So those that are practicing have probably studied in Britain or other places. Okay. So speaking of private practices, do you have your own or like how, does you, how do you work? Yes. I do. As I said, I lecture two days a week, and then the other three days I'm in my own practice, which is in a medical center just over here in Kensington, not far away, and then people would come to me in my private practice. 
Okay, so what have you have any, have you had any like funny experiences doing podiatry? All right, yeah. Look, most of podiatry is serious because people have got pain and people have got injuries and conditions. But uh, the one that always stands out is one day a lady phoned and made an appointment for her child. So the lady arrives with the child, and that's quite a small child, more like a baby. And I said, right, well, what's wrong with the child's feet? So the lady said, no, but the child's got a cough. I said, but hold on, but I'm the podiatrist, the foot doctor. She said, oh, I thought you were the pediatrician. So she brought the baby for the wrong thing to the podiatrist. So we all thought it was quite funny. And then she took the baby off to the pediatrician because there's a difference. He's the baby doctor and I'm the foot doctor. So what's the difference? Uh, well, sorry. What's the difference between chiropody? Yeah. And podiatry. Okay, when I started studying, our profession was called chiropody or chiropody. Now, chiropody means somebody who treats hands and feet, but we don't treat hands. So the better term is podiatry, which means the treater of the foot. Now, the rest of the world, all the practitioners are called podiatrists. So the one is a very old term, which is not a good term, and the one is a new term, which is a far more exact term, podiatry, meaning Treater of the foot. Treater of the foot, right. Yes. But then uh, do you deal with like the inside of the foot as well, like the bones and that? All right. We, we treat, well, we do deal, but not by going in there and operating on them like the orthopedic surgeons would. They go and they do operations on bones and joints. We don't do that, although the American podiatrists, they do that. Yeah, we don't. So we do treat it, but not by operating on it or anything like that, but by changing how the foot works so that we can move areas of pressure away from the inside of the foot and stuff like that. So it sounds a bit of a roundabout thing, but yes, we do, but not by surgery. So do you ever have to like treat yourself or your family? Yes, you know, sometimes we don't like to treat your family, but we do. And yes, I treat myself, but I, I must just say I've got good feet there. So I don't have bad feet, no ingrown nails, no problems, and I, and I don't have diabetes and that kind of foot problem. So I'm very lucky I've got good feet. But, yes, I do. I cut my own nails, uh, treat my own feet, but there's not much wrong with them. Mm. I just want to ask, do you know why feet are associated to smell like cheese? Look, there is a condition called bromhydrosis, and this condition means you've got sweaty feet, and when your feet are in your shoes, what happens is little bacteria that grow on the sweaty feet and they can create a severe odor, which sounds, it smells like that, that real blue cheese, that stinky cheese. It smells like that. So that's why it often gets associated with stinky cheese or, you know, but people do get that. And there's two types. There's a type where you don't wash your feet because you're lazy and you get smelly feet or you get a condition called bromhidrosis where and there's bacteria. how do you deal with them? Okay, now look, it's just a case of giving advice on how to wash them two, three times a day, to wear cotton socks and woolen socks, not nylon socks, to go bare feet. But also, if there is that bacteria, all you need to do is put an antibacterial cream on and it'll take care of that, that just a very lightweight sort of uh, skin infection. Because well, I read, I can't remember what it was, one of the magazines that I read. Uh, I think it said like the, the bacteria that grows there is, is, is like similar bacteria on the cheeses. Well, yes, because that's how they make cheese uh, go frot or that blue kind of color is by bacteria uh, on the cheese. So it is similar in, in that sense. But I think some of the worst feet I've smelt smell like the worst cheese I've smelt. Mm -hmm. Very similar, and that's probably why. 
So what are orthotics? Orthotics are supports that we make and put them inside the person's shoe. And what this orthotic thing is, it's like an inner sole that helps your foot function better or function differently. So let's say, for example, you've got flat feet. And because of that, you've got injuries when you run or play sport. Now, what we're going to do as podiatrists, we're going to evaluate that and decide to put orthotics in. The orthotic will then be made, custom-made for you. So like your spectacles are custom-made for you, the supports are custom-made, they go in your shoes, and they will then support your feet and improve the function of your feet to work better so that you have no injuries or less injuries. So they're just basically foot supports, but they're custom ones. They're not the ones you buy from the chemist. These are made specially for the person's feet. Do you manufacture them? Yes, you do. Uh, Some of them I make myself and some I send to a laboratory that makes them for me from moles I've taken of your feet and stuff like that. Is there any part of your job that you don't enjoy? Uh, Sometimes I don't enjoy... What we would call difficult patients, not they've got difficult problems, but sometimes they, 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 they've got pain and they're unhappy and then they, they come across as difficult people. So sometimes it's quite challenging to deal with a difficult patient or a depressed patient. But, you know, years of doing this, I got used to talking to people and trying to make them feel better and treat them so they feel better. So, yeah, that's, that's the difficult one. Um, so what kind of problems do children have? Do you work with children? Yes, yeah. I do, although remember I'm more into the sports side, but a lot of kids play sport. Now, children also have specific problems. Now, old people have certain foot problems, children, runners, diabetics, and those kind of things. So children's foot problems can stem because they play sport and they're still a bit young and they hurt themselves because they're still growing. Or they've got things like flat feet or high arches or or things like that, and that can cause pain in their legs and shins and ankles because their feet are not functioning properly. And that's where those orthotics come in because we would probably use those to help them. They're also prone to ingrown nails, and the main one is they're prone to planter's warts. Which is? Planter's wart is a viral infection. A virus gets in under the foot or on the skin, and it forms a little growth. It's the human papilloma virus is the name for it. Now, it's not a virus that creates illness in your body. No, it just creates these little warts. And the problem is under the foot, when we walk on the wart, it's very unpleasant and painful. So kids between, say, 10 and 20 are prone to getting these planter warts. And we obviously are the experts in treating them. And there's many ways of treating those warts. So at what age would you say, like, um, kids, because you said, like, if they're not, like, necessarily fully grown or, like, ready to yes. play sport, well, what age would you say they can, like, so that they don't get any injuries? Or? All right. I mean, kids can play sport at a, a younger age, but not lots and lots of sport and we noticed this in young boys they're very good at what they do so at a very young age they're playing three four five different types of sports and every week every day of the week they are are playing sport and what they're doing is they're overusing their young bodies so if you want to let's say run long distance i would say from the age of 25 and up but if you want to just run around play a little bit of soccer a little bit of sport the odd uh, park run on a Saturday morning. Yeah, you could from sort of maybe 10, 12 onwards, you could play sport, but being careful not to overdo it. And this is the parent's job to watch that the children don't overdo the sports. Because, you know, you're a young man, you want to do everything you can, but maybe you're overdoing it and that could be a reason for injuries. 
Uh, what is like the most rewarding part of your job that you do? Okay. Look, I mean, it's a wonderful job because we deal with people all the time. So I don't deal with feet. I deal with people because feet are attached to people usually. Okay. <laughs> so it's nice to deal with people. It's nice to listen to people. It's nice to talk to people. It's nice to help them. And when you've done something to make them feel better and make them have less pain and improve the quality of their life, that's the reward we get. It's not about making the money and that. It's about helping people to, to, to feel better and hopefully not, not end up with losing their toes or things like that. Have you ever had to amputate? No, we don't amputate, but we do see a lot of diabetic people who've got bad circulation, who've got poor nerve uh, innovation, we call it, where the nerves aren't working properly. And sometimes, no, just not all the time, but sometimes they get to the point where they may lose bits and pieces because of, of bad circulation. Now, the surgeons would be the ones to take that off. We don't. Sometimes those those areas become gangrenous and they can just fall off by themselves. So sometimes they, they get taken off. off, they can fall off, yeah. Like similar what happens with frostbite. Like frostbite, yeah. So if you put an elastic around your finger and left it long enough, it, your finger would fall off. So that might, but usually it's a surgeon. So we, we treat the foot ulcers on diabetic people and those things and try and help to, to improve their circulation and all of that type of stuff. But we don't do that surgery for removal of stuff you're listening to high kids on 101.9 high fm this is the car kids for kids and bar kids my name is jacob gordon and i am 12 years old so i've just remembered like one or two things that i forgot to ask i hope you don't mind okay so um what exactly because like i once was I saw my dad had like a foot fungus and I asked him what it was. He said athlete's foot. What exactly is that? Right. It's called athlete's foot, but anybody can get it, not just athletes. So it's a rash on a foot caused by a fungus. Now, this fungal, these fungal elements, they like warm, moist areas. So when we put our foot in our sock and shoe, our feet get warm and moist. So you can easily get a foot fungus between your toes, on the nail, or on the skin of your foot, commonly known as athlete's foot. Okay. It's very easy to treat because once you keep it a little bit dry and you put the correct antifungal treatment on it, it normally goes away. But you've got to wash your feet regularly, maybe once, twice a day, put some powder on them. Wear clean socks every day that are made of cotton or wool. Go bare feet when you can so your feet can get air. And then you shouldn't be prone to these fungal uh, conditions. <laughs> I go bare feet all the time. Good for you, yes. Um, okay, so then where can you find, like, a podiatrist? All right, look, there's podiatrists all over the place, usually in the big centers. And the easiest way is to just Google a Podiatry Association of South Africa, or what we call PASA. And it's our association, and they've got a website, or they've got a phone number if you need to call them, and they will tell you who's in your area. So I'm not going to tell you, you're from Johannesburg, there's somebody in Durban. They're going to look and see who's in your vicinity, and then uh, you can go to those. So the Podiatry Association of South Africa, PASA. Passer. Passer. And then is there, what's the website called? Or did you just search uh, it? I think it's www.podiatrist.co.za. Okay, thank you. And now it is time for all the thank yous. I want to thank you, Dennis, for coming in today. A pleasure. And for talking about podiatry, which was quite interesting, by the way. I want to thank DJ Flo for pressing all those big red buttons. I want to thank all our listeners for listening and participating. And thank you to Mandy for producing the show.